Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Fantastic. Karen and I had an opportunity this week to share with our seniors. What a great bunch. I'm looking forward to that stage of life. What was that? You thought I was there already. Uh. Or I've got grey hair or something. Anyway, whatever. It's a good bunch. We had fun and... uh, Those random comments coming left, right and centre, I can't keep up, I'm sorry. I I deserve it, I know. Anyway, let's pray before we get out of control, hey? Well, Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and move even more, that you would speak, uh, that you would do whatever you want to do in our hearts and in our lives today and this coming week, in Jesus' name, amen. We live in really interesting times. Today, I've, I've called my sermon, In Times Like These. In Times Like These. I'm not going to do um, specifically an end times thing or, or a whole big rant. So you can take a chill pill. You can follow me on social media if you want some rants. But, um, you know, it's interesting. What do we say and what do we not say in these days? Uh, because there are so many polarizing issues. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you, you don't even have to try and be offensive. You just say something and someone will be offended by that stance. And so what's happening in today's world and, and even for our next generation is they're learning don't take a stance on anything because you'll offend someone. The problem with that is Jesus came and took a stance. A very, very clear stance was drawn. He didn't like religion and the Pharisees and all that went with the trappings of religion. He wanted relationship. But to get to relationship, a whole lot of things had to happen. Repentance from sin, get rid of uh, uncleanliness, get rid of other distractions and make him number one. And so the moment we focus in on Jesus is the moment we begin to offend. And, and depending on how far we go with that will depend on how offensive we might be. Charles Spurgeon said, We're not called to proclaim philosophy and metaphysics, but the simple gospel. Man's fall, his need of a new birth, forgiveness through atonement and salvation as the result of faith, these are our battle acts and weapons of war. In the coming days, we are going to need to know the simple gospel more than ever before because we can get sidetracked on every little red herring issue that wants to come our way. And the, en- the, the energy that that saps out of us can really distract us from the real things, the main thing. And so as we explore things in the coming days, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the world pans out, how Adelaide stands in, in 2022, because, you know, we're coming to this point where, uh, you know, whether it's COVID or other issues, you know, we're coming to an interesting point or pressure point, if you like, in society. Uh, 
And, you know, I've made my thoughts clear. Whether people are vaxxed or not vaxxed, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. The issue is we should be free to choose. And, you know, I'm tempted to... I've said to Karen, I'm tempted to start a market garden and employ anyone who's been fired for getting the vaccine. Because it annoys me that, that people are losing their jobs and being coerced and pressured into something. It's not right. And so whether you have or haven't, that's not the issue. Don't hear me wrong on this. Don't feel guilty if you've had the vaccine. It's okay. We've had lots of vaccines in our life. But what I'm saying is we need to fight for freedom. But to, to, to access, and I don't know on the market garden thing, okay, I'm just ranting. But we got lots of good land out the front here that, you know, who knows. But we need to be free. We need to be able to, free to preach the gospel first and foremost. That's the priority, right? All the other stuff comes and goes, but we need to be free to preach the gospel. And so that's why politically we need to get engaged. I was reading, if you haven't read some controversial stuff lately, how about jump online and read Mario Murillo's blogs. Mario Murillo, look him up. He's an evangelist. He's a seasoned evangelist, you know, of many, many decades. Sees a lot of people saved right now, seeing some amazing crusade meetings in New York and other California, other parts where no one's holding crusades in America. He is. And seeing healings and, and uh, salvations en masse. Uh, so it's really interesting. But he's a very controversial figure, more so than me. So I'll let him say a whole lot of stuff. So watch his stuff. But there's, there's a thread there's a thread to what he's saying that is true, and that is that the church of Christ needs to wake up, needs to wake up, and needs to realize that we are in a battle. And we're not in a battle on every other peripheral issue. We're in a battle to retain our freedom to preach the gospel. Because if, let's, let's keep taking things further down the track, if the, the left agenda that is behind a whole lot of things keeps pushing back against us as humans and then that migrates into Christians and then that migrates into public gatherings and then that migrates into our very lives. We've lost ground, people. We've lost ground. And I want to just be a little micro alarm bell today and saying don't lose ground to be free to preach the gospel. You need, to, you need to be able to do that stuff. If we lose that ground, we've lost everything. And so we need to be aware of politics. We don't need to dominate politics and become a politician necessarily, but we need to be aware so that we can engage in the game. Uh, but I want to just reiterate the priority is souls. The priority is souls above a revival movement, above a gathering of people, a church brand, a worship style or anything else, souls coming into the kingdom of God, people getting to know Jesus is what it's all about. And so 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. Powerful verse. I want to share with those of you who today, like most of us, I think probably every human being on the earth in the last two years in particular, has had moments of fear. Moments of fear. When in times like these, we've had thoughts that will come and say, wow, what is going to happen? 
What's going to happen to the world? What's, oh, everything's out of control. What's going to happen to my future? What's going on here? What if this happens? What if that happens? And there's, uh, surrounding us at times, there can be fear and anxiety. So for those of you who have felt like that, I want to reiterate 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. God did not give you that fear. Fear comes from Satan. If God doesn't give it, there's only one other place it can come from. Fear comes from Satan. I'm not saying that, that anything fearful and, and everything that you know, is, is out there in the, the world that's, that seems to be wrong is from Satan directly. What I'm saying is if we are overcome by a spirit of fear, that's from the enemy. And the first part about winning the battle is recognizing where the enemy is. And so today I just want to make it really clear that fear, overcoming fear, overcoming, I mean heavy fear, heavy anxiety, recurring fear and anxiety does not come from Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. So we want to carry peace, even though we might be crazy preppers like I am and you know, excited about end times and, you know, I mean, there's prophets out there. One prophet's, you know, declaring a civil war in the U.S. And I'm like, man, that's crazy town. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen? But one thing we know is God wants to awaken his body. He wants to awaken us. And I want to just encourage you, remind yourself when God has really broken out in your life and around you, sometimes there can be an, a little element of fear. It's not a spirit of fear. It's an element of fear. And there's a difference. A lot of people get scared when the Holy Spirit begins to move in a meeting. Because there's, there's an element of fear. Why? Because our flesh is, is like, whoa, what's going on? It's when the supernatural is close. We're like, something's going on. Something's going on. But what I want to say is get past that fear. Because that's an element of fear of what our flesh is fearful of. It's different than a spirit of fear. And we can teach on discernment of spirits and, and one gives glory to Jesus and one doesn't. But it's, it's important that we decipher between the two because some people run from an outpouring of the Holy Spirit because they say, oh, I was scared in that meeting. You know, I've been really scared. I want to tell you one time when I was quite scared, I was in Africa at a meeting with an evangelist uh, uh, named T.B. Joshua, Prophet T.B. Joshua. He passed away actually earlier this year, would you believe? But um, I was in his meeting and it was the, uh, a Monday night meeting um, for new believers and I think there was 3,000 there every week. This is, this is their weekly new believers meeting and I think it was two to 3,000 in that meeting. Anyway, so I'm standing there and I remember... Um, just sort of, I think the guests from overseas were standing in an area and, and everyone else was, was sort of congregating, waiting for T.B. Joshua to come in after worship and, and do a teaching. And I remember just being aware, I'll say, of a whirling. It was just a whirling. And I remember sort of even around below my knees, this just a whirling. And, I'm, and I sort of looked around, I'm like, have they just turned the fans on? What's, you know, what's going on? I, I know some of you have done the same thing. Have they got the air conditioners going now? What's happening in the room? Um, but 
I was just aware of this whirling. And so I, I sort of turned around and, and about 50 metres away, he was coming in and it was just the presence of God around him was just whirling. And as he was walking down the aisle, people began to manifest demons. He wasn't talking. He wasn't looking. Just He was just walking down the aisle. And his shadow was passing by people and demons were coming out of people. Now, let me tell you, I was a little bit scared. But there's a difference between being scared when faced with God and carrying a spirit of fear. And we're going to need to know the difference because when God breaks out, people get real scared. It's not a spirit of fear, though. A spirit of fear is what the enemy places on us and tries to dominate us with and control us with fear and anxiety. And I want to tell you today, some of you are going to leave this place free of it. Free of it. Today. I remember um, when before Toronto, before I'd ever really seen God move in crazy ways, I was at Paradise Youth, Paradise Young Adults Influences, it's called now. whole bunch of us Baptist guys, you know, um, just starting to get engaged with God. You know, we're Baptist guys, right? So we hadn't seen crazy stuff or all that kind of stuff. There's about eight or ten of us, all of us, started to get hungry for God and heading out there. And, and um, anyway, so I remember there was a guest speaker from overseas. This isn't in my notes, by the way, so this is a rant, okay? Um, but um, his name was Mike Evans. And I'd never heard of this dude. And I remember I was sitting on the back row and, and the first thing he said was, this place is going to look completely different than it does right now in one hour's time. And I remember thinking, what on earth is he talking about? Of course, we'll be out having coffee or, or whatever else. I'm telling you, in one hour, the, the place was like a meteor had hit the place. The bodies were everywhere. Everywhere. And I had, I mean, this little Baptist dude had no grid for what was going on. But this is what happens sometimes when the power of God is released in a place. And was I fearful? Yes, I was shaking a little bit in my boots or whatever shoes I had on back then. But that is different. I'm making a clear point because I'm warning you. I'm warning you. In the coming days, we are going to need God to bring a sovereign move that changes a nation. And some people will be scared. Some people will, will be scared. Dr. Michael Brown from the US, a great scholar, a great theologian, has just released a book, and I, I want to get hold of it as soon as I can, called Revival or We Die. <laughs> Do you like it? Some may say he's a prophet of doom, but I'll focus on the revival part because God wants to move as never before. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. For God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Let's have a look at that for a moment. Power, love and self-discipline are completely opposite to fear. If you live in fear today and are overcome by, by anxiety, I want to tell you power, love from the Holy Spirit are great ways to break off that fear. And it might mean we need to filter out the messages of the world, just shut stuff down. If that's, if that's overtaking you, just shut it down. Whatever, whatever is engaging you in that fear, you might have to silence it for a while. In fact, how about we do what 
Second um, Corinthians 10, I've just skipped down uh, to the third verse here, Rocky. Second Corinthians 10, 3 to 5 said this. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. There are a lot of lofty opinions, mine included. But do you know what? The King of Kings is above all of them. He's above all of them. He's above all of them. And a great thing happens when God begins to move. It's a great leveler. It's a great leveler because a lot of the other things that we had such high priorities on, they just begin to fade away because the priority comes about him. Becomes, just read revival history and you'll see. I, I still am staggered at some of the stories from the Great Awakening with John Wesley, Whitfield, these preachers in the fields. And I can't help but think, uh, who knows, one day we might be able to or be forced to preach in the fields. I'm okay with that. We even have microphones. They didn't back then with crowds of 50,000 and everyone heard. And so it's interesting to see when the pressure is applied in our society to see what comes out. God tends to move when pressure is applied. And when we take thoughts captive, when we make them subject to the word of God, then anxiety and fear, fear begins to release its stronghold. This is a very, very powerful passage in 2 Corinthians 10 because I think that some of us who maybe from time to time overcome, maybe it's a daily thing for you. I don't know. But I'm telling you, anxiety, depression and heaviness and weariness is, is on the rise, not on the decline. It's, it's really on the rise. And we're going to need an answer for this stuff. We are going to need an answer for this stuff. And you know, medicine can try as hard as it likes and we need it. We need everything we can. But I'm telling you, it does not have the answer. We, we cannot be a people that rely on the medical system to be our, our last saviour to fix that problem. God has put within you a power and an authority to control your body, your mind and your spirit. Don't rely on external things. Don't rely on that stuff. He's given you authority. And if you don't believe me, let's go to Luke 10, 18. He's saying to the disciples that were coming back saying, we can cast out demons in your name. Isn't that amazing? And he said, yes, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Isn't that an amazing thing? This is Jesus' words to us. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk amongst snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Nothing will injure you. It's, it's an incredible passage, isn't it? Think about that for a moment. Jesus has given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Even the fear, the confusion, the weariness, the sickness, whatever you're carrying today, Jesus has given you authority over it. Sometimes we wait for, for someone else, like I have many times, someone anointed just to come and give me that word of breakthrough when all along he's saying, I am the Lord of breakthrough in my life, in your life. He resides within you. His voice resides within you. 
It, it's great. Laying on of hands is amazing. The prophetic gift is amazing. All of these things accompany our relationship with Jesus. But first, we have a relationship with him. First, we have a relationship with him. And that allows us to break strongholds of the enemy. The enemy is always trying to deceive and control and manipulate. And whatever it is this week, there'll be opportunities where he'll try and come. He'll try and put heaviness and weariness and anxiety and other things on us like snakes and scorpions. They're just all around. And, and so recognize the enemy's tactics. Recognize the enemy's tactics. He's a liar. He's a stealer and a cheat. And he wants to rob your authority. I want to remind you, if you are in Jesus, you have authority over the enemy. A God-given authority. Yeah. You have a God-given authority. You can break those strongholds. You can break those fears and those sicknesses and those other things. Yes, you might have to walk it out. Yes, he might tell you some things on how to reach that place of freedom and healing. But it begins, it begins at believing. It begins at believing. I'm done. How does that sound? <laughs> Look, smooth transitions are not my first gifting. But I just know when I'm done. You know, um, random, random thing. I've been the second fittest person in this church for, some, for about six and a half years. And, uh, and, and Caleb's moving on, so next week it all, it all changes. So, Josh, you've got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Why don't you stand? Yeah, just lift your hands. I just want to read the scripture over you again. Receive it right into faith, into your spirit. Whatever situations you're walking through today, the Word of God is more powerful. The Word of God is living and active and like a double-edged sword. And so it can penetrate where nothing else can. You may be walking through some hard stuff right now. You might have been walking through some hard stuff for a decade. The Word of God is living and active. And the breath of God is in His Word. We are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Jesus Christ. I just got a sense this week as I was thinking about this that some who are here today are carrying real anxiety and even what I just felt was tremoring inside. <laughs> Nervousness or, or a fear. And you've been bound by it for a little while, comes and goes, comes and goes, but it, it resides, it's recurring. You are not meant to carry this. 
You are not created to carry this. And you're here for a purpose today. And what I feel to do is I feel to, with every eye closed and everyone just focused on God is we want to pray for you today because I want to break off a spirit of fear and anxiety off you today. Now, it seems like the antithesis of things to do to ask someone with a spirit of fear to come to the front of a church. But that's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to be bold today. Get past your fear, even though you may feel it, because God wants to break it off your life. He wants to break it off your life. And so we're going to worship. And I finished early today so that we had time to do this because I felt we need to do this. Do not leave this building today if you are carrying this because I'm telling you, it's going to break off your life. And so I want us just to worship. As we worship, I want you to come just stand down the front. And Karen and I are going to come and just break some stuff off you, pray over you. And you're going to leave different than you came. And so maybe we had church just for you today. It doesn't matter if it's 1 or 15 or 25, whatever. But make sure you come. Let's, let's worship and you come as we worship.